refreshingly different radio. This is Refresh FM 87.7. Refresh FM. I was in Italy some time ago with a colleague on business and um, we got a taxi from the airport. The driver was driving somewhat erratically and uh, at one point actually blatantly went through a red light, at which point my colleague says, did you know that was a red light mate? And the taxi driver half turns round and says to us, is guidance, is guidance. Meaning, I think, if you really need the traffic lights, then they're for you, but I don't really need them. But let's talk about guidance for a minute. What are the different ways that God uses to guide us? Now, I use sat-navs a lot. Some of us don't really have a good sense of direction, I'm afraid. Maybe God could guide us like a sat-nav. Maybe. Sat-nav. At the next junction, turn right. God. Next year, apply for a new job, just here. Wouldn't that be great? Or, sat-nav. At the roundabout, take the second exit. God. At the GCSE choices evening, choose history, but don't do science. Or, sat-nav. At the next safe opportunity, make a U-turn. God. Hmm, don't bother going to work today. I guess it just goes to show that the scripture is true that says... Man cannot live without satnav, doesn't it? Where's that scripture from, you're asking? I think it's from two hesitations. It's probably more for people like me. But what if God's guidance was like listening to a satnav? That might be good in some ways, and certainly would be quite clear, but mostly that doesn't happen, not really. So then how does God actually guide us? Well, maybe three ways. First and probably easiest. God will guide us through his word in the Bible. For example, keep on loving each other. Don't forget to offer a meal to strangers. Be happy with what you have. Don't obsess over money. Or look after leaders in your church. God often tells us how to live in his word. It's not always easy, but it is usually straightforward, if you see the difference. There's also an important principle here on all guidance. God will never guide you to do anything which breaks his written word or breaks the principle of his written word. So for example, since the Bible clearly says we don't know when Jesus will come back again, anybody who says they do know, well you already know it's not from God. The second way God often guides us is through our circumstances and that's a bit harder. But sometimes God will use our circumstances where he has put us or the thing he has allowed to happen to us, to guide us, or to draw us closer to him. These might be nice things, or they might not be. It might be, for example, that God has given you a talent that most people around you don't seem to have. Most likely, he wants you to use it for him. Or it might be that God has allowed something to happen to you, which isn't great, but he wants to reach you through it. The third way that God does guide people is through the still voice of his Holy Spirit speaking to us. God can guide us by giving us an idea or a thought that pops into our head that doesn't seem to come from ourselves and it will often seem counterintuitive, not what we would normally do. So for example, give your sandwich 
that you've just bought to the guy sitting on the road by the bus shelter. Or, more difficult, I don't want you to worry about the situation you're in. We often don't hear this, many Christians don't, because we don't teach ourselves to listen. We need to practice listening to God. That means doing something we're just not used to, I'm afraid. Just being quiet, waiting on the Lord, straining to hear that still, small voice. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. But just lastly on ways of guidance, I think there are two different types of guidance. God will guide us for two different reasons, if you like. Firstly, there's guidance for everyday living. And secondly, guidance with what to do with my life, which is always harder. But anyway, back to Italian taxi drivers and sat-navs. Is there some transport analogy that is similar to the way God guides us? Well, maybe God's guidance is more like when we learn to ride a bike. We have a very old bike in our garage, a small red bike, bought secondhand from Stockport many years ago, that all three of my daughters learnt to ride on. Some, some of them enjoyed learning to ride, but some of them didn't. And one in particular really didn't enjoy learning to ride her bike. I remember many times on a Sunday afternoon in the park, the bike would come out of the car and the conversation would go something like this. Right, we're going to learn to ride today. I don't want to ride a bike. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Why do I have to learn to ride a bike? Because you'll enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to ride a bike. Well, look, all the other children are riding bikes. I don't want to ride a bike. And so the conversation would go on. Sometimes for some time. And I know lots of dads go through this, but in general, you end up with the child on the bike at some point, holding the saddle from the back and trotting alongside. It's quite uncomfortable, actually, especially on your back. But many children will only learn if they know dad is holding the bike. But what I realised, and what all dads realise at some point, is that once the little girl or boy has got the pedalling going, you can actually let go. Carry on running, but let go of the saddle. Then grab hold of it again, and then let go of it again. And then afterwards you could say, I wasn't holding the saddle, you did it all yourself. Now maybe that's a picture of how God will sometimes guide us. Sometimes holding firm, sometimes holding less, sometimes letting go. But we can trust that he's still there. And in the end, we're still in his hands. Even if it hurts sometimes. 87.7 87.7 This is Refresh FM.